This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. This is my house. This is my house. I'm taking over, okay? Stephen A. and the crew. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Touchdown! It's a Sammy Watkins Palooza! Touchdown! Kansas City! According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. Touchdown Bullpups! No flags on the play! It is 99 yards right up the seam! The big play threat from a season ago does it again! Everything happening in the sports world. Personal file. 69. Offense. He's giving them the business. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I tell you, I thought this morning I wasn't going to make it to this <laughs> afternoon. I, I haven't had many mornings like that in a long time. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson. Maybe the most chilled man in the city of McPherson, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. What a weekend of football. Wow. What a weekend of football. Wow. That's all I can say is wow. And if the Chiefs would have won last night, I don't know how it could have been any better. And let's face it, the Chiefs were, I thought it was a very courageous performance by a team that's you're down. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the Patriots. You're down six starters. I know Green Bay was down a couple guys, but the guys that the Chiefs were missing, their three best defensive players, uh, two starters on the offensive line. Uh, then they lost another offensive lineman. So, and of course, Patrick Mahomes. Let's not forget that. Well, yeah. But uh, you know, just to play Green Bay, which is seven and one, and right now the odds-on favorite from the NFC to make the Super Bowl. I think that was quite admirable. Steve, where do you want to begin today's show? Would you like to talk about the Chiefs and the Packers? Would you like to talk about the Kansas Jayhawks with a big win, as well as K-State with a monster win over Oklahoma? Where would you like to begin today? I think we need to start where it began. That's K-State. Okay. Uh, K-State exposed OU for what it was, a team with a great offense. Uh, You know, their defense supposedly had gotten better, but, I mean, K-State just sheared that OU defense, had they not taken their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter? I mean, they had 48 points, you know, I think. Very beginning of the fourth quarter. Yeah, very beginning of the fourth quarter. And then they kind of took their foot off the gas. OU started to play with more urgency. But as I said on the show on Friday, Oklahoma is not a good 11 o'clock kickoff team on the road. For whatever reason, you know, when they played KU, let's face it, they should have scored 75 against KU or 70. I mean, they had to push late to get, I think, 45 on KU. They are not a team that likes to play that 11 o'clock game. Uh, my friend Kenny Mossman, who is, uh, I grew up with down in Independence, he is the sports information director at OU, and he's always writing about how OU fans just rail against playing 11 o'clock games. They feel it's, they feel it's a sign of disrespect to the Sooners that you know they should be playing a 2.30 or an evening game. But everybody's got to take their turn. Uh, they're, you know, the 11 o'clock game, and – can't take anything away from K-State. Their their offense was unreal. Uh, their defense, Wyatt Huber, was just unbelievable. And Chris Kleiman now has K-State in the hunt in the Big 12 because everybody but Baylor's got at least one loss. And we know Baylor's 
Baylor's. I, I think they're doing it with smoke and mirrors. They're undefeated. They're probably glad they didn't play on Saturday, considering all four favorites lost. Right on Saturday in the Big Twelve, and Baylor's probably glad they didn't play. Baylor will not be the Big Twelve champion. I'll just say that right now. Uh, it's either going to be a tie, or I think OU wins it. Texas, I thought, kind of got exposed a little bit. Uh, let's face it. There's a lot of meaty. There's a lot of teams that are about the same in the Big 12, given that particular week. Steve, can you remember some moments in K-State football history that stand out to you as, okay, the times are changing. There's a few that stand out to me. Number one, that K-State win over OU in the Big 12 championship game in 2003, where they were able to punch their ticket to a BCS game. Yeah, and going way back, I think Lynn Dickey, led the Wildcats to an upset back in the uh, late 60s or early 70s. There was a big K-State win over OU in like 93 right. around then that was at home. But you have to remember there was a chance OU – I mean, not a chance, but there was a time OU when John Blake was the coach. I think they were between like Gary Gibbs and, and Bob Stoops. Right, but a, but a program-defining day. Yeah. And then there was a K-State win over Texas about 12 years ago. I think it was 2007 when Texas was in the middle of its best football but yesterday, or Saturday, felt to me, Steve, like a program-defining moment. That that was the big Chris Kleiman win to get things started. And we had mentioned it a couple of times. I thought that the Mississippi State win at the time was a really, really big win for this program. But we have learned that Mississippi State is not quite as good as, as they were maybe anticipated to be. But that win on Saturday, I think I saw every single one of my Kansas State friends that support the Wildcats and go to games, whether they go regularly or just go a little bit, and they follow, of course, from afar, it felt like that was a day they were all waiting for and a chance to make a big statement, play Chris Kleiman brand of football, play Kansas State purple and silver football, and man, Bill Snyder Family Stadium was rocking on Saturday. I didn't get to watch much of about uh, the only part I got to see of the first half was about the final two minutes. I was listening on the way in the car, mm-hmm. so I listened to the almost mm-hmm. the entire game, and that place was just pumping. There, that is as much energy and excitement as I have heard from a K State game in a long, long time. Probably since, probably since well, basketball season when they beat KU last year in Manhattan. It was at that level. For that game, it was just so, so loud the entire day. And you kind of felt the whole day that K-State was the better team. This was not a fluke. And that's the thing that makes it great. There was no doubt about that. K-State's offensive line just took apart the Oklahoma defense. And what this does for K-State, it sets them up for a 9, possibly 10-win season. Because you look at the schedule, there isn't a team they can't beat left on the schedule. When you look at those other teams like Iowa State, Iowa State is not as good as we thought they were. I think they still have Texas left. Texas isn't as good as we thought they were. KU's a formality. They'll go into Lawrence next week and probably win by 35. Uh, Texas Tech. That's a bold statement. Texas Tech, I believe, still on the schedule. KU beat Texas Tech, enough said. So who else? West Virginia. West Virginia. If that, Where's that game at? That game will be in Manhattan. Well, that's a victory. So K-State could very well run the table and get the 10-2 and two and be playing on New Year's Day. But didn't that feel like a program-defining oh, no win? Doubt. Because it was Chris Kleiman's first big win, and, and OU was in the hunt. To me, that almost almost takes OU 
out of the national championship picture. Now, one Pretty loss, close. one loss teams get in, but you look. I don't think Alabama's going to lose. LSU could lose. Well, one of them is going to lose. I mean, because they play yeah, each other. Yeah, they'll play each other. Clemson just hasn't looked like the Clemson of the last couple of years. Who's the other? Ohio, Ohio State, State looks like the best team in the country. I mean, I think were, LSU looks like the best team in the country. I, Steve. I think right now, I think Ohio State. Uh, now I'll, I'll take that back. Alabama, when two is healthy, Alabama's still the best team in the country. Ohio State's number two. I think there's an argument for LSU being the number one team. They have played a considerably tougher schedule. Uh, they've played way more ranked teams. They've played ranked teams on the road, and they have the number one offense in the country. And maybe the guy that could be a Heisman frontrunner in Joe Burrow as well. They've continued to play really good teams, but you're right. OU, with that loss, it really, really do, hurts do them going OU forward. you just kind of thought all they had to do was show up yes. and just win on pure talent? Because they still that, almost did. That's what it looked like to me. And if I'm, I think K-State fans had to be breathing a sigh of relief because if OU recovers that onside, if the onside kick had gone 10 yards, OU got the ball, you have any doubt they would have scored? They would have scored. And what would have happened in overtime? Kate? Well, who knows? Maybe yeah. a little magic and Yeah, Manhattan. but I, I just had a feeling – if OU recovers that fumble, or that it, it, it's a good recovery, I think OU wins that game. I wanted to ask you about the onside kick. Did you have a, a thought on when you were watching it, what you thought the call was going to be? I didn't think it was definitive. I just did not. I didn't, I didn't either. They, they spliced a couple together, and the only thing is the ball really did shoot down the field so it had to have something had to give it some. It impetus. hit somebody, but I couldn't tell if it hit an OU player or yeah. a K State player. I really couldn't tell. And I think the case that Lincoln Riley had at the time was if you review this for five minutes And you can't come up with a definitive answer. Well, if you review for five minutes, it's probably not conclusive evidence. Right. If you have to look at it for that long. And I think there is an argument to that, but either way, you can't take away from K-State. a really great case. Yeah, fantastic, maybe the best onside kick though I've ever seen. Oh yeah, that, that was rip- that was unbelievable. The ball just started spinning the wrong Boom- way. Boomerang. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Ku Steve, does that make you feel a little bit better about your Jayhawks? Do you not care? Is the oh, season I, just a wash? Do I, you care? I still care because offensively, they've been over 500 yards each of the last two weeks. Um, you know, it's great. It's great to see them offensively perform well. Their defense is still really bad, though. They gave if and really to me, uh, Texas Tech should have just kept running the football. They should have just pounded away. Um, but Texas Tech did a lot to help KU. KU won that game. Don't get me wrong, but Texas Tech with the play at the end kind of handed it to them. Oh man! But uh, Texas, I would have played some audio from it, Steve. But it was like the least intense. TV broadcast call I've ever heard. Yeah, it, it really... They, they, they were not even excited. Sure, they, they said, and sure, KU recovers. Now I'm sure Brian Haney probably went wild for on the KU network. I'm sure he That's was That's my pumped. Brian Haney impression. That's pretty good. But anyway... Let me ask you this, Steve. When you look at this KU schedule and their results, how many wins could they realistically have right now if they just didn't lay an egg? Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina. Could have beat West yeah. Virginia. Very easily could have beat West Virginia. Yeah. They had Texas beat. Yeah. If they just don't give up 15 yards on the final play to set up a shorter field goal, they probably beat Texas. It is very easy that this could be a 5-3 and three or 6-2 and two team. Really? Very easily. Yeah. Problem is, I don't think they win a game the rest of the way when you look at the schedule. I think it's K-State, 
Um, they still got Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then they have, I think, at Baylor. Is that their... At Iowa State and then Baylor at home. And, boy, how would that be if the Big 12 title came down to Baylor having to beat KU in Lawrence? At least that would get some fans out the stadium. And, be and, and I'll be honest, I didn't realize it was homecoming. And I know they announced – It was homecoming for KU and K-State. I didn't, I didn't know it was homecoming. They announced the crowd at 31,000. There weren't 31,000 in the in the stands. Yeah, it's because they were all on the field after the game. Yeah, but I, I was disappointed. I mean, I would think they'd have a better crowd for homecoming, uh, to be honest. They just played – Texas really tough. But I just think they've, they've got to string some wins together to get the people back. Because when Mangino had that team going – there was 50,000 every week at, at Memorial Stadium, the, the magical year of 2007. Steve, I have said it the last couple of years with KU. If they just have a decent game plan and a decent coach making decisions, that was a 500-ish team. Yeah. Maybe not quite 6-6, six and six, but last year especially, they had enough talent to be above 500. If, if they could just somehow win And one. right now they do. If they could win one. Four wins to me. I said three at the start of the year. I thought they'd win two in the non. I think I said four. I didn't think they'd beat Boston College, but I didn't think they'd lose to Coastal Carolina. And I thought they'd get somebody at home. I figured it was either Texas Tech or West Virginia, given those two teams aren't very good this year. But, but you know, Oak- I watched Oklahoma State. They looked beatable. Iowa State, I'm Ugh. sorry to Eli. I'm sure Eli was Dreadful losing, but, Iowa State. But, but Brock Purdy threw three interceptions, I think, on the last three series. Iowa State's. Nothing, no great things to shout about. Now, I don't understand how they were so bad against TCU. They just were awful against TCU. And TCU hasn't exactly, although TCU beat Texas this week. So, again, in the Big 12, you know, I still think you got one great team in Oklahoma. I think you got a bunch of good teams. And then kind of KU's kind of down at the bottom. You think they're still in the I still think they're down by themselves. Uh, West Virginia's not a whole lot better than KU, but KU's still at the bottom. Steve, let's take our first break. When we come back, let's talk a little Chiefs and dissect their game from last night. Sunday night football, they were taking on the Green Bay Packers and lost 31-24. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Steve Sell, hello. Hello. I think I might be in the minority today when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs last night. I'm not as pleased or as feeling good about last night's game as many others are. Like me. I think that you feel real good about it. I walked away not feeling very good about that. Not that I thought, wow, they should have come in and won. But I think they had a terrific chance to pick up a win and couldn't finish down the stretch. Whether it was the defense not being able to make any stops in the second half. Not one. They got tired. They got worn out. Number two, Andy Reid 
making some bad coaching decisions to me. One. I, I thought there were a lot. Okay. I, I just thought it wasn't that well played of a game, for him well coached of a game. I really watched that third down and three. It was third down and three at the 40 with about five minutes to go. And before it happened, I said, this is four down territory. There's five minutes left. Even though you got three timeouts, your defense cannot physically make a stop. You're playing who? Aaron Rodgers. You're playing Aaron Rodgers. The baddest man on the planet. And a running back that is running all over you the entire game. And Andy Reid and the Chiefs punt away on fourth down and three. Well, that was that was the one misstep I thought he had. I, I'm not as critical of Andy Reid. I thought offensively... Matt Moore is very limited to what he can do, but I thought their scheme. I thought he was okay. I thought his scheme, uh, some of the plays they ran were just really tremendously drawn up. Chris Collingsworth on NBC was raving about it. Yeah. But you can only run so many of those before you run out of them. You can only scheme. I mean, let's face it, in the NFL, you're going to run 60 or 70 plays, and you can only scheme so many kind of trick plays or gadget plays before they don't work. Tyree Kill probably ran 20 to 30 miles last night. As Even though he had six catches, he was more of a decoy. And then, of course, you know, they ran the ball for five yards of carry. They kind of quit running the ball. Shady McCoy, big fumble. I mean, that's – That th- fumble really that, That's one thing you get with LaShawn McCoy. You know he's going to fumble. And you'd think, being in the league 11 years, being a six-time All-Pro, he, you know you had to put the ball away. I thought Andy Reid made a great coaching move by putting him on the bench. Because it made him realize that you just, you know, in a big game you can't do that. Even though he had him in Philadelphia, he showed no favorites. But I thought it came down to the fact the defense was on the field so long. They have no depth on defense whatsoever. I mean, their backups are really bad. They had guys playing a lot of snaps. And I and and, and like, I, like you said, Andy Reid should have gone. I mean, of course, you know, they didn't make it. It's easy to say now. But I, I was sitting there with somebody, and we were talking, and we said, you got to go here because you're never going to get – there was 5-13 to go when they punted – when uh, Green Bay got the ball back from the punt. And I said, they get two first downs, the game's over. And sure enough, well, three first downs, and the game was over. They couldn't stop them. I didn't have any doubt in my mind that, oh, no. that no, Green I Bay was going to be able to run I out did, the clock. I didn't either because you're going to lose anyway. If you don't go for it there, you're going to lose anyway. And, Steve, you, you've heard me say it on this show before, and mainly when it's been – Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, sometimes you have got to be more aggressive. When you are a team that is competing for a Super Bowl, you're competing for a spot in the AFC West playoffs, you're trying to do things when you are a top team, you've got to take some risks. Now, if you are the Miami Dolphins and you just say, whatever, season's over, don't care. If you are a mediocre team, I, I, I understand a little bit more. But when you are trying to steal a game, you're going to steal this game against Green Bay, who is at your place. You're up by three at half with your third-string quarterback going. I just think you've got to take chances. And they didn't at the end of this game. No. And it was disappointing to me because if somehow they would have found a way to win this game, the entire season and the outlook of it looks different to oh, me. Oh, yeah. They're- Six and two with no Patrick Mahomes. Looks really, They're really in good. The driver's seat with a win because remember Oakland's three and four, and technically they'd have a three-game lead on Oakland at this point because they won the head-to-head meeting. Right. So that or game, two and a this half. game was huge, and it also means now you've got to go win another game on the road that you hadn't planned, didn't expect to win. You got to probably win at Tennessee. 
I had I had them losing at Tennessee before the season. I had them going eleven. I think I had them going eleven and five. But t- I thought Tennessee was going to be a lot better than what they were. They didn't look. I mean, they won on uh, Sunday, but they didn't look very good. You know who makes decisions like that to not roll the dice and go for it in situations where maybe you should? Losers. Losers. Denver did it yesterday. Did you see Joe and Flacco's comments? Joe Flacco had the audacity to blast their play calling when the guy can't hardly when make he put a, up twelve points or thirteen points. Yeah, when you can hardly make a play anyway. So I, I thought that was very. We might have just seen the end of Mister Flacco. That was very distasteful. I thought on his part. But I was in the same opinion as him as, yeah, they should have gone for it. I didn't disagree with that. I thought it was a bad decision to come out and blast your play caller. But that's what those teams do. Yeah. When you are Andy Reid and you are supposed to be this innovator, he's got the X's and the O's drawing up in his mind. You think, he's, he's got numbers running in his head. You think Bill Belichick would have kicked it away in that situation? No, I don't think so. No. Unless he had a lot of faith in their defense, which they would and probably would have forced a defensive touchdown. Well, since they have the best touchdown de- they, they have right now a defense that's on a historic pace. But if Andy Reid is this great offensive innovator, he could stick me back at quarterback and pick up three yards and two plays. Well, the last play, did you have any doubt Green Bay was going to get a first down? That play no, was too— had no All doubt. All they had to do was get, a, get the back out in the flat— Ben and they're ne- playing eight yards off the line ben of scrimmage Neiman on wasn't third and five. Catch, ben Neiman wasn't going to catch Aaron Jones. There were just a lot of things at the end of that game that made me very well, frustrated. I think one thing, they blitzed so much in the first half. What was it, 44% of the plays? They exhausted that defense with all the blitzes. They had nothing left. They just they were gasping. They had guys with hands on hips. And, you know, they're down, again, they're down Chris Jones. They're down Kendall No Frank Fuller, Clark last no night. No Frank Clark. So they're down probably their three – best defensive players, and they still almost won. So so that's why I'm giving them a bit of a pass on that game, unlike you who's coming this, down This is me. the National Football League, Steve. Yeah. you got to have your big boy pants on. you got to have guys that are ready to go. And they had a chance last night to steal one yeah. and just couldn't execute. And now they they have couldn't Min- finish. And now they have Minnesota coming in. I think they've won four or five in a row. They run the ball great, which is going to be really – tough for this Chiefs defense. Things like that just aren't going to get it done late in the year when you're banged up, when you've got guys that are hurt. Sammy Watkins, hey, welcome back. Glad he could play. Yeah, hey, let's say one thing. The Chiefs, since Andy Reid's taken over, they've had a pretty good history of not very many injuries. and It's all caught up to them this year because they have just been savaged by injuries. Yeah, nice to see Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Offense looks a lot better whenever he's out there. Except when he drops a wide open He did drop one. Travis Kelsey dropped one. I thought Travis Kelsey played fine. I thought Tyreek Hill was good. I thought Sammy Watkins was good. I I told you, Demarcus Robinson, that guy, uh, he's not that good. No. It was just very nice timing for him that Patrick Mahomes decided to hit him about three times. What was it, at Oakland? Yeah. When he had about 300 yards? Yeah. All right, Steve. So coming forward or coming up next, Minnesota at home next Sunday afternoon. I want your prediction right now. Who plays quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs Patrick next Sunday? Mahomes. No doubt in your mind? No doubt in my mind. He said if it had been a playoff game, he could play. Well, I'll tell you what. In week nine for the Chiefs, this is a playoff game because they dropped to five and four. They let Oakland back in. They let the Chargers back in. I don't think you can really count the Broncos because I just don't think no. they but, – But the Chargers at some point – are going to get their act together. They were given a gift to me yesterday. Chicago missed a field goal on the last play of the game that would have beat them. To me, that's a sign 
but the Chargers are going to turn around. I got a feeling they're going to get you on. You got the faith in Phyllis? I do have faith in. I have faith in Anthony Lynn in the Chargers. <laughs> I don't think anybody has ever said that in their life. Well, there's always a first. All right, Steve. I asked you your your prediction on who would start. If you were Andy Reid, would you start Patrick Mahomes next week? If he's able to go, you bet I do. Do you worry about games going forward? Do of you worry you about do. if that knee, if we play him a little too early, that it might ruin him for the rest of the well, year and I waste the season? Running, they showed him before the game running around on the field. He didn't look all that hurt to me. And hopefully now you said he, just rub some dirt on it, Patty. That's right. That's right. Back in you know back in the '60s in my day, Jack Youngblood played with a broken leg. So, yeah. Yeah. And they used to say, ooh, you look a little dehydrated. Here, yeah, have a salt be, cube. And Lenny the Cool be smoking cigarettes on the sideline, going and throw 300 yards. I think athletic training was at its peak in the <laughs> 1960s. We'll take one more break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, the Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, running out of time today. Okay. I want to talk tomorrow a little bit about the World Series since it could potentially end tomorrow. Yeah. I think going into the weekend, you said that the Nationals were going to win in five. You said they were going to win two games in D.C. I also picked four teams in the Big 12 that all lost. Man, so bad, bad weekend bad, for you. It was a bad predicting weekend. It's amazing how that World Series flipped, though, because yeah. Washington dominated in Houston. Houston dominated in Washington. Game six is going to decide it because – if Verlander doesn't win, I don't know who the Astros throw in Game 7. What about Zachary? Do you trust Zach Grinky with the pressure on him? I sure hope I do for that much money. Well, I don't know. but they got The Royals trusted Jeremy they, they Guthrie got, with Game 7. They got Strasburg. Uh, Washington's got Strasburg, and I guarantee you, Max Scherzer's neck will be fine <laughs> by Wednesday. If, he'll go out there on one leg if he has to. And if Scherzer pitches Game 7 against Grinky. Washington wins it. I don't know if it's even going to get to a Game 7, Steve. I predicted it would be Astros yeah. in 7, so I maybe said, it will. I said Astros in 6, remember? You've got a great chance it's, to be right, just, even though just, you completely jumped off the bandwagon on Friday. I did. All right, Steve, so that's what we'll talk about tomorrow on the show. A lot to talk about in terms of playoff football. Tomorrow, maybe we can break down the brackets for some of the teams in our area and McPherson and try and get a little preview of what's to come at the end of this week. That's right. A lot of... Uh, High school football this week. Hopefully the snow will be gone by then. Let's hope. And uh, we'll, be, we'll have some sunny weather to you know during the day on Friday, so it'll be halfway decent. Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, the Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.